Hello, everybody. This is Parable um, Israel. Got the whole team here. I've got my guest, Marina Maguluk. Nailed it. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Marina Magaluk. <laughs> don't be so shy. <laughs> um, married for 14 years, September 2nd. going to celebrate our 14th anniversary. Um, four kids, two girls, two boys, fifth baby coming up November. So That's yeah. awesome. I Fam- like to sing. All about all <laughs> Am about I supposed family? to talk about my hobbies? <laughs> no, no, you don't have to. Um, so, I mean... For the people who don't know you, why don't you share maybe like a quick, straight to the point, like kind of like testimony of your life, maybe just of how you came to Jesus and what kind of kind of go in from there. I'll try to get straight to the point because it's a long testimony. Yeah. But well, we can go into like the nuances and like the other parts of it. So like kind of like the come to Jesus moment and then we can kind of dive into other facets and other Um, topics. I mean, for me, again, I was driving in a car one day. And listening to a sermon about Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit as a person. And I just felt like in that moment, I had like this marking moment of revelation of who Holy Spirit truly was. That he's not just tongues, that he's not just this, you know, person who comes and gives gifts. But he's actually on the inside of me and he lives in me and he's my comforter and he's my healer and he's my, you know, everyday guide. And from that moment, it just, I remember my car was literally filled with this thick presence. I cried out all my makeup. I was on the way somewhere. (laughs) And uh, I had to pull over and just try to like catch the moment because I don't know what was happening to me. Even though I experienced this before, but I think it was, it was like this presence and knowledge at the same time. It, It was that kind of revelation. And from that moment and from that day I felt like it was this stirring in my heart and it was like this pulling on me to get to know Holy Spirit to get to know to to have a life of you know of a spirit filled life not just you know walking Mm -hmm. by the spirit not just by the flesh not Mm -hmm. just by this information that I knew all my life about who God is but actually living it out and walking hand in hand with Jesus Mm -hmm. and I think that was the probably the biggest marking point in my life of when my walk with Christ really truly began Mm -hmm. and so I mean your walk with Christ might look different from other people's Mm -hmm. right so um like in your definition, like what is your walk with Christ look like um, as a mother, yeah. married, um, you have some influence on social media, you like to share the gospel, you like to encourage people. What does your daily walk look like? For me, I think, um, you know, it's not about just locking yourself in a closet and having a moment with Jesus, but it's, you know, from the moment that you wake up to the moment that you go to sleep and even in your sleep just experiencing that intimacy with Christ and experiencing and learning what it's like to abide in him, not just come to him, to his presence, to like a certain place, but to actually, you know, allow God to inhabit all of you, to have all of you and to just, and that's, again, that's something so new because I'm used to just kind of like Sunday morning, Wednesday night, you know, you go to church, you kind of, you know, 
it's like a miss, uh, it's like a hit or miss kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. like a good preacher comes and a presence comes over you and then you're mm-hmm. waiting for another conference or another, you know, service. But for me, I think the most important thing is no matter what season you're in, even if you're a mom, even if you're a wife, even if you're married, even if you're busy, you know, you have the ability to walk with Christ hand in hand in an intimate relationship with him on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go back to the part where we talked about, uh, like the come to Jesus moment, uh, in the car, right? Mm-hmm. Driving. I mean, what led up to that prior was that, uh, did that come, were you coming out of a place of maybe frustration? Like, was that like, uh, like a moment in your life where you felt like you need to break three from like culture or like habits or like a system or anything? Um, like just a cycle of life. Is that what kind of led you to that point or was it more simple than that? No, it definitely was. Um, like I shared, you know, being married at a young age and um, not having my marriage turn out the way I thought it should, having, you know, my spouse be in a totally, completely different space than I was. Um, he hasn't really come to know Christ. I thought I have. I just had information. We're talking about then, right? Yeah. And so like... You know, I had the um, the idea of who God is. I knew about this person. I knew what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to live. Like I had the instructions for life, but I didn't know this person. I didn't have a relationship with this person, Jesus. And so for me, um, it was it was a dry place. It was like, you know, at one point in life, you're going to get tired of religion. It's going to become tiring. And I think for me, that's what it was on top of that, you know, frustration in marriage, frustration in, um, like I mentioned, almost turning 30, you know, and just asking questions like, who are you? What are your hobbies? What are you passionate about? If you take as an individual, where do you stand? Like, what have you reached? It's kind of like those, like, you know, typical American questions, like, you know, what have you, like, how are you so successful in life? I didn't have any of those things. I just thought like, I'm surviving. I'm not living. It's like a, you wake up in the morning, you do the, you know, daily routine mm-hmm. of a mom and then you just wait until the kids yeah, go to bed. Vic- yeah. Victim of life. Yes. Pretty much just the yeah. cycles, the routine, the bills, yeah. everything comes. And that's where, that's where, yeah. that's where I was at. I was just mm-hmm. tired. I was just tired. And I just said, you know what, God, like. I need something more. Like I know that the Bible, you know, in the book of Acts, it talks about, you know, all these amazing things that we should be seeing. I have never seen those things. I've heard about it through my grandpa, but I've never seen it myself. It's a different thing. It's a different thing. And and I believe God out of that, you know, cry out to God. And, and I don't know if I actually like cried out to God because again, for me, I thought I know what I'm supposed to be like. I'm not supposed to be mad at God. I'm not supposed to be like, God, where are you? You know, I'm supposed to be this good Christian. Because it, it seems right. Exactly. And so I think in my mind, it was more like, like, is this really it? Is this, is this my life? Like, is like, what's going to happen when my kids get married? Like, what, like, what am I going to do? Like, where am I going to stand? And I believe that through that sermon that I was listening to about Holy Spirit, that was the beginning of my answers. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a big transformation from like, honestly, I would call it like systemic, just like church cycle. Like we're just, I was, it was normal for me to go through that. It was Mm -hmm. a smaller time frame. It wasn't like 
10 years or my whole life because I hadn't grown up in a church system. I was thrown into it. Okay. And so it took me a few years, but eventually I realized like this is not for me. Yeah. Right. And some people may have been in the same, like same church, right? And they're not going through that same cycle. For them, it's real. For them, it's true. But for me, it was just a system. Wow. It was repetitive. It eventually got boring, right? Yeah. Like duties became duties for real. And now I'm just carrying burdens that I don't really want to carry because I don't want to do them. Yeah. And so for me personally, my come to Jesus moment was just being tired of burdens. And it was already like six months prior to me just saying, I'm going to drop them all. Because what's the point of doing this? And I was just like, I'm just going to take a break. Like, cause that's what I need is I'm doing all of these things for church ministry, even like the way I'm giving, the way I'm working, none of it seems right. I just feel like a slave and I'm like, I'm just going to quit. And then like four or five months later, I had a come to Jesus moment where I'm like, oh, wow. Wow. So there's like freedom, the way I work, it's different, the way everything becomes different and you have a new lens, a new perspective of how you see everything. So like even the way I would talk to people would change or the way I would see them. So, I mean, for you, when you came, when you came to Jesus or you had that shift in your lens of, of how you're seeing life, how you're seeing your walk with Christ, um, like where, 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 how did that align with your marriage at the time? That's when, you know, a lot of things started changing so fast. And to my surprise, I was like, wow, God, you are real. Like mm-hmm. you're really real because when I, when I had that moment, God began, and, you know, for 10 or 11 years, I was crying out to God to change my husband. That's when, you know, the veil came off of my eyes mm-hmm. <laughs> and God's like, let's work on you. And Holy Spirit just began to, you know, ask me these really harsh questions. Honestly, the, one of the first questions that Holy Spirit asked me, do you think you're better than him? And up until that time, I would say yes, because it was all by works. Mm-hmm. In that moment, like you can't lie to Holy Spirit. You can't try to pretend like you know what you know in your heart. And I was like, wow, I really am not. Like just because our sins look different, it doesn't make me a better person than him. And um, and from those from that moment, you know, when I repented and I remember like I think probably the biggest shift that began to happen is the mind mindset, you know, and it's the renewal of your mind. Um, and just even coming to, to, uh, tasting freedom, because, you know, a lot of times you think freedom, like the world, the way world <laughs> views freedom is completely different than freedom in Christ. It's freedom from religion. It's freedom from what I was taught my whole life. But when I received that freedom, it was such an amazing moment. I could have, uh, I had a moment where I came home and I was just like, I release my husband to you, Holy Spirit. Like he's in your hands right now. I can't change this person. Only you can. And it was like you were saying, it was like this burden just fell off of me. Like I'm no longer, you know, to correct this person or to try to pull him to Christ person. Like I was just, I was in my own zone. I was like, oh my goodness, like this life with Jesus is amazing. Like this person, I just felt in love with him, you know? And, um, and I would say like within a month, things started shifting. And that's when, you know, Alex, my husband, he, uh, we came to church of truth and he had his moment with Jesus. And I kid you not, like 
within three months, so many things changed and I could not believe my eyes. I was like, wow, Lord, I prayed for so many years asking you for this thing, but you were waiting for this moment until I, like I had to have that revelation. I had to really get to know you, to know who you are and have that mindset changed then you only begin to work. In the process, obviously, I've learned so many things, you know, but, um, and that's why when I do talk to women that have, you know, marriage issues or any type of issues, honestly, for me, the first thing, you know, I could sit there for an hour, listen to their story and their, you know, their issues. But the number one question I always ask, do you know Jesus? And obviously everyone wants to say, of course I do. No, but do you know about Jesus or do you really know Jesus? Those are two different things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in in Greek, no means it's a very intimate thing. Mm -hmm. It's a very intimate, it's a very big word. And when you begin to really dive in and start thinking and start checking your heart, you really get to the point where you're like, wow, I don't really know Jesus. I just knew about Jesus. And that's why I think sometimes when you grow up, in a more of a traditional setting and a, I guess, religious setting, it's kind of hard for you to break from it rather than like a person who's coming from the world and they just experience this freedom in Christ and they have a totally different view of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's like a difference of like, you have a friend or like, let's just say, you know, of somebody you're like, yeah, we're, we're friends. Yeah. I know him. I know them. Yep. But it's almost like in a sense to prove yourself or to show, or even provide worth to yourself that like, yeah, I know somebody. Yeah, like I know yep. Jesus. There's like a pride or a confidence behind it versus like the the lifestyle or like heart posture of actually knowing him. And it's a lot more genuine. It's a lot more simple than like, yeah, I know Jesus. It's more like, yes. yeah, I, I spend time with him. Like I know I'm on, like he knows me. It's a lifetime thing. Yeah. It's it's a journey. It's not a one-time moment that you get to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because if you asked me two years ago, I'd be like, yeah, I know Jesus. Like, now I really know Jesus. Anybody in church will say that. Yeah. That's just normal. But even from yesterday, I could say, could you imagine oh my if goodness. You said, could you imagine if you said, I don't know Jesus, and you're in church, yeah. how awkward that conversation would be? Because it's like, you're in church, and you don't know Jesus. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. You know, but there's, there's so much depth in Jesus that it'll take you until the day you die to really get to know. That's the start of it, right? It's saying, I don't know Jesus. Yeah. Even though you've been in church or maybe you're saved, but being able to acknowledge that like, oh, I actually don't know Jesus. Yeah. And actually verbally confirming that as like a fact. Yeah. But also having that hope, that sense of faith that like, oh, but I can, I can get to know him now. I can, I can start now. I can establish that in my life, the relationship with him. Um, Cause it really is that simple because it happens in a moment like it for you. It happened in a yeah. car driving, yeah. wasn't in church. Yeah. Wasn't with a pastor. It was just by yourself. Right. Yes. Just out of want necessity. Exactly. Just out of, he meets you where you are. He mm-hmm. meets you in your, you know, in your desperate moment. And mm-hmm. he's there to really tell you, Hey, I have something, you know, real to offer you like the yeah. real deal, not just these rules but the real deal. Mm-hmm. So like, I guess one thing I want to get at was for you, your mother. Yeah. Um, and so what do you, what do you say or how do you encourage people? How do you encourage yourself to be passionate about your dreams and your goals? And how do you intertwine your family within that? 
So that way it's not like you're forsaking your family to go after your dreams and your visions, which is obviously a dream for your life, I'm sure, is to raise good children. But you have other dreams as well and other passions. So how does that all intertwine? Because I'm sure there's plenty of people who they think it's an either or. I Mm -hmm. either pick my family or I pick my dreams and forsake my family or whatnot. It's a more radical perspective, but... It's it's an interesting question. Uh, It's funny because... Today, actually, as I was spending time with the Lord, um, Holy Spirit brought a moment to me in Luke 7 about, you know, the woman who poured out an alabaster oil on Jesus's head. And as I, as I, re- I went actually and I read it and it says a sinner woman, a woman who was sinful. And she came, you know, when she heard that Jesus was eating at one of the Pharisees' house, she came there she did not care, and she poured out a whole alabaster oil on his head. And to me, the word poured out stood out so much. And I just felt like Holy Spirit was saying, you know, Marina, it's a life. It's a whole life poured out. It's not a moment. It's not when I, after I raise my kids, but it's now. It's, it's when you come to me now and you pour it all out. And, you know, when you think about the most expensive perfume, she didn't pour half of it out. She poured all of it. And like in my, in my vision, I see it just, you know, she just poured it out without thinking twice. And so for me, you know, the dreams and the vision and and where you are with Christ, whether you're in college or whether you're married and with kids, it, it has to be, you can't really like, there are boundaries, but you can't really separate it much because if you're, following Jesus, if he is all of you, you can't, like, you don't just put on Jesus in the morning and then put him off at night. It's, he's just you, like you're dead to yourself. Mm -hmm. You now have this new creature. And I think that like, you know, God will give you certain dreams and, and, and passions, and maybe it won't be right now that you actually begin to see them physically. But a lot of the time it's a preparation. Like for me, I have huge dreams, dreams that honestly sometimes scare me. I'm like, there is no way. Like I, I was scared to come to this podcast. I'm like, how do I, how am I going to do all these things that I have inside of my heart? If I can't even like do certain things. But the thing is, is that all of our life and all of our seasons, it's a preparation towards that one goal, you know? And, and I think a lot of the times people, when they get a dream, they're they're they see themselves there, which is good. But we can't forget that it's a journey. It's not about a destination. It's about the journey towards that destination because God isn't really interested about like, you know, having us do certain things. And, you know, maybe you would dream about, I don't know, preaching on big platforms and putting up crusades or whatever it might be. It's good dreams. It's God dreams. But it's the journey that God is interested in. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when, you know, that's when a lot of people miss it. And a lot of the times he'll use, like for me, he'll use my kids to prepare me for what's next. Because a lot of the times in the closed doors when nobody sees you, that's when your character is really, you know, that's when you're getting pruned. That's when you're getting prepared and before you go out there. So I I, I truly think it's just, um, you know, using what you have in front of you now, whether it's your kids, whether it's social media platform, whether it's. 
um, greeting people, whether it's singing on a stage, whatever it is that you're that you have in front of you it is using it in that moment and involving your kids too. You don't have to separate them, you know, and a lot of times I feel like we push the kids away because we think they don't know yet. At least that's kind of like, that's what I thought before. Like, oh, when they grow up, that's when I'm going to talk about Jesus, you know, about big things. Like right now I have to talk the childish language, but they know and they see. And so I think it's a, you know, it's mm -hmm. a daily model. Yeah. I think when it comes to like provoking, like passion for your dreams, yeah, like your motivations, it's important to not delay them for tomorrow because that's, that's a habit that like mm -hmm. everyone tends to do. Like I, yeah, even the best people, we tend to say, Hey, like, yeah, I love that idea. That's actually a great concept. I'd love to do that one day. Um, versus like maybe cultivating it now if they're yeah. actually passionate about it. And so well in motherhood, well in marriage, well single, well in relationship, right? We can still be passionate about passionate about our goals. Yes. And we, sh we shouldn't have to like forsake them or get rid of them because really there, there is enough time. There is enough ability. Yeah. Like we're capable because it says, you know, all things are possible through Christ, right? Yes. And so that means, you know, I, 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 you can be a mother. I can be a father and be passionate about the stuff I want to be passionate about, yes. the things that I feel like Christ is leading me to. Amen. Um, I guess one thing was like through marriage, because um, we, we talked a little bit about it, about like trials, tribulations, yeah. and obviously everybody's trials and tribulations are different. And for some people, something may be harder for them or for another person. So it's all really, you know, compartmentalized in your life specifically but in marriage like what were some of the things that you learned like or even just relationship dealing with people mm -hmm. like getting through like hard times with somebody or like when it's not easy or it's not convenient um okay what what is your question like <laughs> like what are some things that you've learned going through trials Mm -hmm. and tribulations or you know things that come up in your life like what are some things you've learned about people and how to like I don't know support one another or encourage one another you know there's a lot of facets that go into that but like for you what stands out what stands out I don't know if one thing stands out well anything but honestly I would say and you know a lot of the times this is not the popular thing that people want to hear <laughs> But I think in marriage, the one thing and the most important thing is death to self. And that's that's a hard part. And even when you, you know, when you meet with any person that has marriage issues and you ask them, you know, you, you give them the mic, let's say, and you start to listen to them. The first thing is you hear is how that other person is treating them bad and poor me, poor me. And, you know, it's like this self-pity spirit and enemy feeds on that, you know, and I think... Um, my number one thing I would say is know your enemy is fighting the right enemy. A lot of the times, you know, we're so blinded and we're fighting our spouse. We're fighting the things that, that they might be doing and not realizing that there is this other thing in the middle between you that's trying to come and pull you apart. And it's recognizing when you know, like, you know, the Bible even says, like, before you build a house, you got to, you know, have all the things ready, 
right? Before you go in a battle, you got to train. You don't just go out there. You have to train before, before a race. And so same thing, like when you have a marriage issue and you want to fix it, you first have to like realize, okay, who's my enemy? What am I fighting? What am I fighting for? And understanding that even if your spouse is not with you right now there to fight for your marriage together, and it's just you, you still have to realize that the enemy is the devil he's there to destroy Mm -hmm. he's there to kill yeah and so you know a lot of the times it's not fighting with our mouths it's not fighting with our lips and talks but it's fighting you know in prayer closet Mm -hmm. it's fighting it's fighting it's it's a spiritual world and i think that would be probably my biggest thing is recognizing your enemy and Mm -hmm. fighting the right enemy yeah i think oftentimes in disagreement we see the the other side as the opposing side yeah right rather than like Let's see both of each other, like both of us as partners and what we're doing. Yeah. And the problem and the issue that we're actually fighting against is what's happening between us right now. Yeah. Right. Whether yeah. it's lies. And again, or, it's with spiritual eyes yeah. because in a physical eye, you might not mm-hmm. be on the same page, mm-hmm. but you have to understand that when you got married, God equally, like he, he blessed it. And now you're one. There's no more Alex. There's no more Marina. It's mm-hmm. one. Yeah, if like there's an issue of trust, the enemy is not your spouse or yeah. your friend. It's actually the distrust between you two. Yeah. And so that's the actual enemy that you want to defeat, not the other yes. person. Because if we treat the other person like the problem, we're going to be in a constant state yep. of battling one another. And that's where, you know, uh, disunity comes into. And now you have a problem with every single person around you because everybody is the problem and you're not the problem rather than isolating the issue and just putting it in the middle and saying, Hey, this is the issue. Let's just figure that out. Like I'm fine with you and you're fine with me, but not the problem, the problem we need to get rid of. Yeah. And it could be in friendships. It doesn't Mm -hmm. always have to be just marriage. Yeah, I think it's it's a business thing too. It's, it's, it's totally relational just in the aspect of like, when you're negotiating with somebody, you're not, you know, you're both trying to find a solution that works for both of you. Yeah. It's not how can I put myself above the other person in this situation and show that I'm right. Like, how can we both be right? How can we both gain from this? And how can we both grow from this? Yes. So I think that's really important, especially on like a relational level. And so I guess there's one thing that I really wanted to end on. It was how can every person, like with every person being totally unique, a different person, different personality, different characteristics, like different jobs, relationships, everything about us is totally unique. Just in the way we're formed, that are like how we look, how we talk, it's totally different. There's no one else exactly like you. Yeah. So how do we, how do we in our uniqueness provoke people um, through our lives to have a come to Jesus moment, have a, you know, provoke uh, identity, in them, what are some ways where we can begin to like live out like a provoking life? Because I feel like you, you've grasped that at least yeah. in certain areas that I'm aware of. And, you know, you have people who come up to you and they're like, hey, I, you know, like before, right? Because yeah. you weren't always saved when you, or you weren't always living like a, uh, in full identity mm-hmm. when you were on social media, but you had people who would come to you and they'd be like, I had no idea you were a believer. Yeah. Which sounds weird to say, but I think power of testimony. Mhm. It's it's I mean, 
even the Bible talks about it, right? We overcame with the power of your testimony. And so I think for me, I, um, you know, I actually suffered a lot with comparison after I came to Christ, mm-hmm. after I wanted to really preach the gospel, when I wanted to reach the world, when I wanted to um, serve God, you know, when the, this fire inside of you, just like, I want to go do something, you know, like you see yourself as like Billy Graham, literally, <laughs> like in the closet when I'd pray, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I want to do all these things for you, Christ. And then, you know, when you go out there, you understand that you have no experience. You don't even know the Bible that well. Like you, you really don't have anything to offer. And you begin to compare yourself with other people that maybe you look up to and you realize I'm totally different. And I'm sure every person probably feels like that about themselves. You know, I like I would always say like, yeah, that's cool. You're this way. But like, you don't get it. Like, like I was telling you, like I had 30 thoughts coming this way. You know, I can never, you know, I just feel like I'm all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I think overcoming that, like sometimes it's a journey too. Like it's just like you can realize like somebody can tell you, okay, like you're unique. Just be who you are and you and you get it. And you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm just going to embrace who I am. And then the next day happens and you're faced with the same issue, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think it's a journey. And I think it's really just asking Holy Spirit to highlight the things that you carry that maybe somebody else doesn't carry. I mean, honestly, Israel, if I'm being honest, like until this day, I don't know what people see in me. Honestly, I don't even know why you asked me to come here. But... <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, but, but then like, like even social media, um, platform, you know, like I'll post something and I'll go back and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was terrible. Like, I think I repeated myself 50 times. I think like I didn't pronounce that word cause I'm like really nervous and my English sucked and this and this, and I have so many things. I'm like, who would even want to listen to that? And God is always there. There's always that one person who will, you know, DM me and say, oh my gosh, I really needed to hear that. And that's when, you know, God was just like, you know, Marina, it's not about you. You were asking me for so long, Jesus, more of you and less of me. I don't want them to see Marina. I want them to see you. And a lot of the times it's, you might not be this, you know, eloquent person and this amazing speaker, but it's just being obedient and just being, and just knowing, even again, coming here, you know, I felt like, God, like, what am I going to say? Like, am I, like, am I going to sound weird? Or like, what do you even want me to say? And Holy Spirit is like, well, what's, what's your life mission? I'm like, well, you, like, I want to make you known. He's like, then go do that. <laughs> like, just go make me know. And how do you do that? You just share what Jesus has done in your life. Mm-hmm. It's not about trying to put up this, you know, amazing, like, a testimony like, oh my gosh, you know, I was an alcoholic and boom, in one moment, God just, it's just whatever you walked out. And I think that's the uniqueness because there's always that some person that is probably having a very similar situation that you had. Mm-hmm. And they will, they are the ones that are going to relate to you. And we have to realize that we're not going to save the whole world. We're mm-hmm. not going to touch every single person. Like, I understand that I'm not going to touch every follower that I have on my social media. But if I touch one, if I encourage one, if I stir something um, up in someone, that one Mm -hmm. is enough. Wow. I love that. And I think it's important that we don't compare ourselves. Yeah. I think you brought up a really good point to just see ourselves in the lens of Jesus where 
like within Jesus, there is no comparison. He's not comparing yeah. ourselves to David. He's not comparing ourselves to Paul or to Peter or me to you. Yeah. Like there is no comparison between that. He sees us all like unique individuals who he created that way. Yeah. So we were created to be different, unique, different spheres of influence, different thoughts, different like creative mindsets of how we want to do something. Mm -hmm. Because if you put 20 people in a room, every single person, if there's an issue in there, they're going to do it differently. Yeah. You know, I'm smiling because I just remembered something. Go for it. <laughs> I was going to say, every time I tell my husband, I'm like, babe, that was really bad. I did a really terrible job. He always he always puts me in check. He's always like, so you're saying God sucked. I'm like, no, I'm saying God <laughs> is good, but it's me. He's like, no, but he's in you. Stop putting him down. And I think, again, it's killing your pride every single day and not putting the pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. And not trying to sound good. Like we're not here trying to present something that has to be perfect and, you know, fit into it this timeline or whatever it is. Like we're here to, we're just living life. Like this is just who we are on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And so if Jesus comes out this way through me, that's, that's Jesus in me, you know, that's how I've experienced him. And if through somebody who's more eloquent and who's more, I don't know, smart, <laughs> you know, comes out that way then that's cool. You know, like he comes in so many different forms mm -hmm. and we can't put him in, in just one box. Yeah. You definitely don't have to be eloquent or perfect yeah. or profound with your words yeah. to impact somebody's life. It happens in so many different ways. And, you know, I feel like, um, we can't all be eloquent. Honestly, like I went to conferences where I've listened to really smart people and I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about. Like, I know they said Jesus like 50 times, but that's probably the only thing that I understood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because my English is not at that level. And so a lot of the times, like when I speak on my platform, a lot of people tell me, I love how you speak because I can understand. Mm -hmm. But to me, I'm like, oh, but I want to sound like this and I want to sound this way. And I just want it to be more poetic <laughs> or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's not about what I want. It's about what I already have. Mm -hmm. And I have to embrace that. I'm an immigrant. I'm a, you know, was born in Ukraine. This is my second language. This is, I just have to embrace all these things. I can't, we mm -hmm. can't compare ourselves. So. Most definitely. We can't do that. Yeah. It's just not healthy. Yeah. So I think that's one part of just being a Christian is finding a really healthy space, like place where you can be mentally. Yes. And I think that just comes to being okay with yourself. I mean, if I was to leave it off on one point, it would just be simply that, uh, and I heard it on the podcast actually from, Vic and I think Roman, but in two different forms, it was just simply like, if you can't love people, you know, you can't trust people if you don't see how God trusts you. Yeah. If you don't uh, love yourself, That's good. you know, in a healthy way, obviously. And I, I have even like in the last few months to me personally, like, um, like when I found myself distrusting people or not loving people, it always came back to the point like, man, it's because I don't love myself the way Jesus does. And so it's like un having that understanding of how he loves me and how divine that is and how simple that is, that no matter how many times I trip up, how many times I fall, he absolutely loves me. Like bar none, there is, you can't argue that. That's good. You know, so getting to a place where we're not arguing like, oh, I messed up. Yeah. Maybe you love me a little less. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's not that case. You know, yeah. whether you mess up or you don't mess up, he loves you just the same. Yeah. 
And like, that's something that we can always hold on to and we can carry that with us wherever we go. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, of course. Appreciate your time so much. I honor it. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure like plenty of people will have something to latch on, something to relate to. Um, and so hopefully we, maybe we can do like an Instagram live or we can answer some questions. So I want to leave it open ended on that point. Um, and we're going to start doing this on all the podcasts that if someone has a question, if they have a thought that they want talked about, um, if the other party is willing to go on live, we'll answer those questions and we'll kind of go into that. And, um, cause I know that 30 minutes, 40 minutes isn't enough time to answer everything. So with that, thank you guys for listening. Have a great day.